Hello and welcome to Consumer Choice Radio, broadcasting from the home studio in Central Europe. Uh, we're on the airwaves here on Saga 960 AM every single Saturday, 1 p.m. Also on Big Talker Network down in North Carolina. I'm one half of your host, Yael Ososki, coming in and enjoying some of the breeze and some of the sun. And I'm joined by a uh, recently crowned daddy-o, David Clement, who's in uh, Toronto, Ontario. David, welcome back to the program. <laughs> We've missed yet. It's been yes, a while. Yes, it has. It has. Um, I'm uh, I'm getting a little less sleep these days, but everything is going really well. It's uh, not to get too uh, too sappy, but it really is when you have a a, a kid. It re- there, there's really no way to explain the feelings and emotions to someone unless they also have a kid. There's just like this new level of um, of feelings and emotions that you have that you can't you can't pin down for someone who isn't there yet, but everyone who already has children is like, oh yeah, yep, been there, we know that one. Um, so it's I mean it's an incredibly um, just the whole process and then having just this little tiny human. Um, be dependent on you and and just kind of restructuring your world it's uh it's pretty amazing i mean you have two so you you are now a wily veteran uh in child rearing um but yeah it's uh it, it was it's been an incredible i guess almost three weeks now two two and a half weeks um and uh yeah i mean Whew. <laughs> yeah. yeah, indeed. And uh, I think, you know, one thing I wanted to talk about today and discuss, which might be very relevant for many of the listeners, uh, those of you who are listening live or who are catching up on the podcast, you can get over there at consumerchoiceradio.com. Uh, what were really, I what, what I think was the most amazing thing about becoming a father and by the way, thank you for your contribution to uh, Canada's population You're numbers. Welcome. This is uh, very important. Um, we're <laughs> we we need as many as we can get all over the world. And uh, you know, Austria, where I'm living now, has a smaller population and a much uh, we'll say more restrictive immigration system. So uh, I'm really doing the state a favor, and and hopefully they'll reward me with a passport in the future for my efforts. Um, <laughs> But I want to know about the uh, the daddy, the baby economy. You know, what are some of the consumer products that you didn't give a lick about, let's say, six months ago, and now you're either inundated with or you have so much arcane knowledge yeah. that you could go in on Jeopardy. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, the, yeah. The, the baby product category. Uh, so thing. a couple must-haves. Um one, it's called a snuggle me, and for viewers, imagine like a a full body pillow that wraps around your whole body, and you like sleep in the middle of it. But it's for babies. Um, I think that's probably one of the best things that we have, um, just because she can be on the couch with us and be like peacefully sleeping in it. Um, but because of the way like it has edges, you know they're not going anywhere. Um, so that was a big one. And I think prior to having 
Mia, I would have been like, ah, this this just looks like an expensive pillow. Why would we buy this? Um, that one's really good. There's something called a peanut, which is for changing the baby. Um, what is a peanut? Actually, I've, I don't know if I've yeah. heard this or if it's just adnos. Yeah, it's like a, it's a, it, it's like a fancier change pad, but it's made of this interesting like foam stuff. Um, that one's real. Why is it called peanut? Because of the shape of the shape of, of it. I, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I just was. Um, I mean, most of this stuff didn't make a lot of sense to me now, but I'm realizing that it's pretty good. Um, it's the shape of it. It's kind of it, it ensures one they're not going anywhere, but it's made of a material that um, it's very easy to wash um, when uh, when the baby may or may not. Um, Continue to uh, poop or pee while you're changing their diaper. Uh, so that one's really good. Um, we have like a bottle sanitizer thingy, like pacifiers, bottles, all the the baby stuff that. Man, all the bottle sanitizers, by the way, and the bottles and whether or not you put it in the microwave. I think this is the number one cause of third-degree burns in the world, as far as I last yeah. read, because that stuff is dangerous. Yeah, so we don't use the microwave for anything. Um, the sanitizer that we have is actually really, really good, because it you load the water and it sanitizes it, and then it goes through a dry cycle. So you remove everything dry. Um so it's like a one-stop one shop. Again. But it's still pretty hot, right? Uh, well, if you were to put your hand in there while it was sanitizing it, it would be very, very hot. But when you take them out, they're not hot, um, which is good. They're just dry. Um, saves a lot of time. That one's a good one. Um, I don't know. I mean, the funny thing was before, and I've told you this story before, like the first trip into the baby store before... Our daughter was born. Um, I was going over like the things in the baby store, and it was like, "Oh, what is this? Oh, it's a it's a baby food maker." It's like, okay, so it's a food processor. <laughs> it just happens to be a really small one that's inconveniently sized that you wouldn't be able to use it for adults. Um, so there's a lot of stuff like that that I think is they just kind of miniaturize. Um, ordinary items and and repackage them as as baby appliances um so those are those are interesting i mean what about the uh the the con like the companies themselves are you seeing a lot of pure canadian brands because from what i've seen at least in the baby industry it's usually danish companies yeah. or dutch companies have kind of a stranglehold on the market yeah i don't know why that is they seem to be making good stuff um I don't know where Upper Baby is from, the company, but we have a lot of their stuff, and it's pretty good, like the stroller and the car seat and the bassinet and all that jazz. Um, it's actually, I mean, one, it's a lot of stuff. Like you have, we went to a restaurant, which was very weird and interesting, but fun. Um, Everybody's staring at me. Please don't cry. <laughs> oh, she slept like a champ through the whole thing. It was great. Um, but yeah, you just there's just so much stuff. But what I find with the, at least with what we have, the upper baby stuff, it's super easy. Um, it's like super super easy to get everything around. Like the the stroller folds out really quick. Um, 
it's just like it, it's a lot easier than it looks in terms of the size of what you have um so that's a positive um that it's all like one click and it tra- it's like transformers basically <laughs> one click of the stroller and it's boom out the bassinet clips into it or the car seat clips into it or when they're a little older there's another seat that they go in which just clips into it like one button um so that stuff's all good um i'm trying to think what else i mean there's always the ongoing panic of like what goes into the diaper bag you leave the house with that like fear that constant fear (gasps) did i pack wipes do we have enough diapers is there (laughs) is there extra food in there for the baby um which I'm sure you've experienced at times. Um, yep. The trick is you have your preloaded bag in the car. Yeah, that's a great and idea. And uh, you got your, your bag on the stroller. Yeah. Um, I mean, we are pride. I don't know what it's like for you. We're doing it in a city where we are walking around yeah. a lot. So the car is a new addition for me. Yeah. So I'm sure yours is just like tethered to the car, which is now just filled with baby stuff. Yeah, yeah. The stroller base stays pretty much in the in the trunk of the the car at all times. Um, and then the and do you have an ESOFIX? Do you have what one is of these? That? So the ESOFIX is the thing that you leave in the car that you hook it up to these little hooks that are down in the uh, the back of the seat, the very bottom. And it stays in place, and then you can click the baby seat in and out without having oh, to yes. use the seatbelt. Yes, yeah, yeah, we have that. So that was also really interesting, like the way the car seat goes in. It was because I think there's like <laughs> these hooks have always been. Yeah, here. <laughs> yeah. There's the two hooks in the bottom of the seat, and everyone makes a huge deal. They're like, "Oh, you got to make sure like the baby, like the car seat is installed correctly," and. I think it's like an older generational thing where it was maybe a little more complicated. Um, but it was literally like just two hooks on the bottom of the seat, which you just, if you push down hard enough, they kind of expose themselves. And then you clip it, you clip the base in. And then again, one button and the car seat just comes in and out. So it's it's not as a, it that was not as intimidating as it was described to me in advance. Um, so that's that's another solid one. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff, um, a lot of stuff, but it's going pretty well. It's going pretty, I, I, I think, I think the jury is still out, but I think I got this, this down <laughs> at least, uh, two, uh, three weeks yeah, in. Yeah. <laughs> you're only, be- yeah, you're, you're at the, um, if you look up the leaps, yeah. you know, the, the baby leaps. So you're, you're, uh, you're just in the, the first shallow oh, few. I know. So you've got You've got many more to come. Great adventures ahead. Um, also, very good to know in the Clement household. Yeah, it is definitely life-changing, and you kind of you, you fulfilled your duty. Yeah. You know, whether or not you believe in the pearly gates, you'll get up there, and you, you basically did your yep. job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, yeah, I think the, uh, the consumer side of it and the market side of it, you know, we do not have a very good secondhand market. It's just not a thing in the mind of Central Europeans. Okay. There's a. It's much more so a thing in North yeah, America. Yeah, it's crazy. So I would it's assume huge. Like it... you've gotten better products, better prices, and just a a way better bountiful supply than we. Well, ever and I, what you find here is because people get so much stuff. Um, I would kind of liken it like it's comparable to like a wedding, like when you get married. 
you have like a registry and you get all this stuff and then there's like a portion of this stuff that you lightly use or rarely use. Um, the difference is, is that with the baby stuff, once your child gets to a certain age, some of it is just redundant or not, you don't use it anymore. So there's a lot of people like family and friends um, who just want to offload um, a lot of that stuff, which is very helpful because it's, I mean, one, it saves you a lot of money. Um, but two, you have people who are a little further on along the parent train, uh, being like, Hey, this is really useful. Or by the way, you'll probably never use that. Um, which is helpful because when you're new, I mean, you have no idea you, you're like, okay, well it's suggested that we get one of these or one of those. Um, but to have people who let's say maybe have a two or three year old and they're like, Oh yeah, you'll, you'll use that like four or five times, um, is helpful. And then to be able to get some uh, some lightly used things from family and friends is it's a big plus. It's a, a big plus. And and then I mean, go on Facebook Marketplace here, and there's a whole ecosystem of of people reselling for for very low prices. Um, a lot of this stuff. So, and is it mostly Facebook Marketplace or like uh, Kiji, I think is like the big Canadian one, right? Are you using no, that or what does that look I'm like? Mostly Facebook Marketplace. Um, that is just interesting that this thing kind of spawned out. No one really anticipated it. And it's now like a huge competitor. Like it's amazing the amount of products that you can see on there. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just substantial. I mean, because it's linked to Facebook and Facebook profiles, there's an extra layer of like, you know, whom is selling it. And like, I don't know. I think it has, I've bought a couple of things and sold some things on Facebook marketplace unrelated to, to baby equipment, but, um, it just adds another layer of like, oh, okay, I know this is a real person and <laughs> I'm not buying stolen goods or <laughs> whatever. Um, so yeah, Facebook Marketplace is really good. There's a, I mean, there's a huge ecosystem for everything. Everything from like triathlon bikes to golf clubs to baby stuff. Um, it's pretty pretty in depth. Wow, just for yeah. you, all, just for you, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the three the three interests I have at this moment: <laughs> baby stuff, triathlon stuff, and golf clubs. <laughs> Yeah, just wait till the more things kick in. That'll be a lot of fun. All right, cool. Well, uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about some other topics here on Consumer Choice Radio. Plenty more to come. You guys stay tuned. And welcome back to Consumer Choice Radio, the band Space Recorder, giving us the little intro there, a nice little uh, band out of Slovenia. Don't really get that every day. Uh, so we were talking about baby stuff a little bit. David is um, a newly minted papa, and uh, he's understanding the market, getting into the baby gear, and uh, being equipped at all times for any accident that might happen. I'm sure there's uh, probably been a couple of those instances uh, already. <laughs> Uh, that you're probably yes. not ready for. <laughs> no, no, uh, yeah, but there are many of those. There are many of those indeed, <laughs> and, and much more to come. Uh, so, David, uh, just um, this is always a good practice because I know you are a, a highly uh, news literate person, and you know you have 24 hours in the day, and I'm sure you consecrated a lot with uh, you know raising baby Clement, but. You know, did you catch an eye, anything in the news that 
caught your attention, anything that uh, caused the hair on the back of your neck to stand up, apart from a random <laughs> thump in the baby room, um, perhaps, that you want to share with us? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, one of them was uh, the CCSA, which is like a public health um, organization in Canada, just came out with a report essentially advocating for like tobacco style restrictions on alcohol um standardized unit sizes and all like just a bunch of really heavy-handed um heavy-handed policies and i mean i just hope that the government ignores i mean th- there's uh, there's a problem one it was a government funded report and there are a variety of issues um in regards to the report i actually think that it's it's bogus but it's a government funded report which always bothers me when they ta- when they give money to to um ideologically driven organizations to suggest policy to them um it's one thing to get advice from from third parties who have expertise on stuff and it's another for the government to be paying um for those outcomes, um, that's kind of strange to me. So, all right. Well, let's. I um, think we're. I have one uh, one tweet to read. Um, let's just queue oh, yeah. up the Canadian news. Give thing. me a break. They can't have news. Nothing happens in Canada. Well, indeed, it, it, it did happen these last couple of weeks. Uh, so this is from the food professor, Doctor Sylvain yes. Charlebois, friend of the show. Um, quote: Health Canada paid the Canadian Center on Substance Use and Addiction, all caps. For a report on alcoholic beverages in Canada, main recommendation, add warning labels to liquor bottles and containers. Shocking. (laughs) Report says risk is negligible to low for two drinks per week, moderate for three to six drinks per week, and increasingly high beyond that. It's a stark shift from current guidelines, which limit alcohol use to 10 drinks a week for women and 15 for men. And uh, David, I do see you have a GIF, a little GIF response here. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a big no for me, dog. Well, and this is the problem, is that there's like 6,000 or so peer-reviewed articles on alcohol consumption, its risks, its benefits, uh, all of that jazz. And for some reason, the CCSA deemed um, almost all of them irrelevant. They used only 16 of the, the 6,000 in terms of forming their... Uh, their their opinions, which I mean, begs a lot of question. And I always find that for a lot of this stuff, um, they really blur the lines between correlation and causation. Um, I mean, you obvious you could certainly see that there are overlaps between folks who engage in heavy drinking and negative health outcomes. That's obvious. Um, I mean, that's I think everybody knows that. Um, it, that's that's not something we're not uh we're not living in a world where um where we're we're being told that or we were told that you can drink as much as you want alcohol consumption is great everybody knows that there are risks but they really blur the lines of of correlation and causation in terms of what is causing um those those negative uh health outcomes later in life uh, so like an example would be um, moderate hel- uh, alcohol consumption and then them drawing conclusions about 
um, negative health, health outcomes later in life without really identifying that alcohol was the cause per se, right? Like if obesity is the cause of those negative health outcomes, well, then it's not necessarily the alcoholic content of those drinks that is causing negative health outcomes later in life. It's, it's the, the additional weight that someone is carrying, um, not necessarily the fact that they have a drink per night, um, which is well beyond what, what these guys are suggesting is okay. And that's completely divorced. One, it's completely divorced from the existing guidelines um, in both Canada and the U.S. and, and Europe. Um, so it's like a huge deviation from, from the norm as we understand it. And two, it's just, it's just completely divorced from the reality of, of life for most people because most people don't have issues with alcohol abuse and consume it responsibly and find a lot of value in being able to have a glass of wine at the end of the night and relax or go to a bar and have a beer and the the social and communal aspects of socializing um, with friends over a drink. I mean, the 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 public health lobby um they never really they never talk about that um the the secondary benefits to the way in which we as a society gather and have a drink and enjoy each other's company well isn't it strange um, that in so many of these health surveys you know they talk about loneliness and depression as actually you know some of the most dangerous things when it comes to your overall health uh look we got a lubricant right here that helps out. <laughs> and yeah, you're trying to put labels on it and, you know, put it higher up or uh, God forbid, like they do in many of the convenience stores throughout uh, the, the Great White North, hide it behind these, you know, large uh, placards so that you can't see the brands. Uh, you know, why do they continue on this? I think um, uh, our good food professor, uh, Charles Lebois, made the point, you know, use and addiction... Okay, that that's their their modus operandi. Uh, you know, you you give them a hammer, all they're gonna find are nails. Well, absolutely. Um, and the goalposts will just forever shift. Um, and you and I have been talking about like this nanny state encroachment for a long time, and a lot of people roll their eyes at like, oh, the slippery slope argument. But I mean, it started with cigarettes. And a lot of people were like, ah, okay, whatever. Everybody knows that cigarettes are bad. Um, then it starts to creep into cannabis. And that's essentially the way in which cannabis is treated, legal cannabis is treated in this country. And then it creeps into what is considered junk food and a sugar tax in Newfoundland and possible restrictions and marketing and branding restrictions for alcohol and it just keeps building i mean the 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 sights of these folks just shift to a new target um and i mean it's addiction and abuse are both are serious issues um but when we stray so far from looking at problematic drinking or instances of addiction just to people who enjoy the occasional drink um i think the mission creep there is is uncomfortable um and it just feels like temperance sensationalism it's like people who just don't want you to take any risks or have any fun 
Pretty much. Yeah, that, I think that sums it up a good amount. Uh, these are the people who, um, I believe it was PJ O'Rourke or H.L. Minken, uh, who said that, you know, it's the, the belief that somewhere, at some point, someone is out there having fun. Yeah. So we got to go stop. <laughs> heaven, for, heaven forbid. God forbid you have a little bit of fun out there with your buds. So, yeah, we've seen uh, the—there's going to be more of a clampdown, I think, coming up. I think a lot of people, since COVID is basically over, they've had to pivot, right? Yeah, I mean, in Ontario, the the public health uh, guy—I'm blanking on his name, but there's no longer a five-day isolation period— if you test positive, um, it's basically like once your symptoms subside, you're good. Um, so I, we are now official, like we are now fully moved on. And it's it's just like you do the right thing. And if you feel like garbage, stay home. Uh, but there's no like mandatory isolation or anything like that. It's just stay home. And uh, once you start to feel better, go out again. Um you Which don't really, really grinds just... my gears. <laughs> we get it. into this segment. Uh, so I put out a tweet thread on this. Um, yes, once again, Twitter. So it has to do with this Arrive Can thing. It has to do with the quarantine rules. And it has to do with how much power we've given the government to control our lives for the, quote, safety and health of average Canadian mm-hmm. citizens. And I share the story of... Not just me being prevented from going back to Canada for various funerals of my grandparents over the last couple of years, which is its own issue, Uh, but my mom, who, as I stated, is vaxxed and boosted to the gills, went to Canada to help settle the estate of uh, one of our family members, and everything was fine. She uploaded her vax info to the ArriveCan app, uh, was at the airport. The uh, agents there at the border, the uh, CPSA, uh, very happily gave her the wave through. Everything was fine. The second that she left the airport, though, for some reason, something got ticked, and she started getting emails, texts, and phone calls from Santé Canada, Health Canada, telling her she immediately needed to go get a COVID test and to quarantine for 14 days. (sighs) So she saw this as, oh, you know, maybe it's an error. Maybe they tell everyone that. But then they kept going and going and going. And she forwarded me all the emails and receipts, so I have them. But it says, according to our records, you recently entered Canada, showed no symptoms of COVID-19, and did not qualify as fully vaccinated. So for three days, she received nonstop communications. She received the official email that she had an emergency order to quarantine under her name. She called the hotline that they offered, couldn't get anybody on the phone, Either you're waiting for two hours or you get hung up on. No response to the emails. Then the emails started saying that she risks the $5,000 fine and they will have a visit. An officer will be dispatched to the address that she put down and the threat of imprisonment if she didn't comply. (laughs) And again, this is all after she had shown the ArriveCan app, uploaded her vaxxed to the gills status. And after all of those days and then the emails and the message, and then they were started to calling her with this automated robot voice, she freaked out and got scared and booked her flight many days early. She cut her trip short and is now back in the States away from the madness. I called directly upon the uh, president of the Canadian Border Services Agency, um, who happens to be named John Ososki. Not related. <laughs> 
to figure, I mean, what the hell's going on with ArriveCan? What is going on with this Canadian system? And I think particularly for a lot of boomers out there who even got this app working, were able to upload their stuff. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of questions to be asked about this ArriveCan app. There's stories about the bogus reviews in the app stores and all of this. But it's about why are we allowing this to happen? And I think it's much more than just a failed tech product or some kind of clerical error. I mean, this is just about failed government, failed governance, and failed health administrators. And they need to be out well, and there's no real justification for it anymore because you don't need a vaccine to do anything. Like, you don't need it to go into stores or restaurants or it's it's not like you need it to participate in society for the most part anymore. So who cares? And then, I mean... For for your mom, she's vaccinated, and so it's it's doubly frustrating because it's obviously just an error on their end. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, it just serves no purpose. And my worry is that like this is a bit of a nine eleven moment where we'll we'll never get rid of it; it will exist forever. Um, and that ugh, that would just drive me nuts if this is just another hoop you got to jump through. I mean. Under normal circumstances, you and I travel quite a bit. Um, and just to add another layer of nonsense to the, the customs process and all of that, blah, um, is yeah, not it's good. Totally but I want bogus. Um, yeah, we'll t- we'll talk more about that on uh, coming up here after the break. Stay tuned to Consumer Choice Radio. Do you share our ire at the Canadian government? <laughs> Let us know. We'll be right back. <laughs> So, David, I'm on fire. We got Iyer uh, here in the studio. Um, we're just on a roll this morning. Talked about Arrive Can, the uh, the Canadian uh, quarantine rules, and mind you, the story that I just told. We're talking about someone who is vaccinated, yes, but the rules are intended for those who are unvaxed. Why is it at this point, 2022? We're looking at September, nice fall season, crispy leaves on the ground, pumpkin spice. Why do we still have these restrictions to this level? And is it just because we there's this assumption that, well, everybody just got the vax, so pff, who cares about those people? Which has been the attitude, frankly, of this federal government for uh, many months now. Is, is it just that continuing? I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know what the justification for, for keeping this is, um, other than maybe turning it into some other, have, uh, having it have some other use. So, like, having it, like, so that you submit your customs information via that um, at a later date, I'm not sure. Um, but it's it's completely separated from, like, the reality of the public health recommendations at the provincial level. I mean, like I said just a little bit ago, like, Ontario's got rid of, Ontario got rid of the five-day isolation if you test positive, depending on your symptoms. So... If we're not even requiring people to stay home so long as they feel okay, how on earth can you justify all of these hoops at the border? I mean, it it doesn't make any sense at this point. And I want to talk about the app and how it's rated because there's some funny business going on there. And I know you saw this on Twitter. The ArriveCan app has more ratings than virtually any other app that exists. Uber, Twitter, you name it. 
um, it has more, it, it garnered more reviews on, um, on the, the, uh, app store in one month than Netflix has ever gotten. Um, and so really crazy when you think about it, um, and I mean, it could have been a scenario where everyone was just giving it a junk rating, right? And being like, this app is useless. Why do we have to do this? And there are certainly those reviews, but the average rating is still over four. I think it's like 4.5. And so I don't know. I, I have some healthy skepticism on whether or not um, these are serious reviews of the app. And I think that would be a pretty huge. Um, it would be a pretty huge scandal if it was unveiled that the federal government, however they did it, uh, essentially paid for bots to like upvote the app. <laughs> that would be a huge faux pas in my mind, um, like a real serious manipulation. There's, I think it's the, I think it's the same people who uh, they hired to uh, vote for the Liberal Party. Am I wrong? <laughs> Well, there's no, I mean, I will say there's no evidence right now that these are all, like, there's a portion of fake reviews, but it just, it really begs a lot of questions because, it, I mean, for a couple of reasons. One, more people use, more Canadians use all of those other apps um, than Arrive Can. Arrive Can only matters if you're leaving the country, and how many, how many what percentage of Canadians have not left the country um, over the last two years? I mean, what percentage of Canadians don't leave the country under normal circumstances pre-COVID? It's a high percentage. Um, so just to have so many reviews and obviously so many of them be positive um, when, I mean, I've, I, can't, I don't think I've ever met anybody who thinks that Arrive Can is, is good. Um, it would be like if your Service Canada or your DMV in the uh, uh, in the U.S. just mysteriously had four hundred thousand positive reviews, and you're like, "This doesn't map my own experience or the experience of anyone I know." So something feels weird, but there's still no evidence of of any... definitely fishy. Yeah, definitely fishy. Um, but if they did, if they did do that, that would be a really gross manipulation because it's a it's now a controversial um requirement a lot of people are like well this doesn't serve any purpose anymore get rid of it why do we still have it um and so if they were trying to gerrymander the app store um to make themselves look better um that is that would be problematic for me okay yeah and i i mean there are stories um I don't normally fall for this, but um, there's a group that says it, there's a lot of ageist presumptions in this app. Uh, so definitely for older people. I mean, um, who is the group here? It's like the senior, uh, Canadian Association of Retired Persons, an advocacy group for older Canadians. So, David, this is just the Consumer Choice Center once we're retired. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, so they complained that essentially the requiring citizens to download an app on a phone, yeah. who knows what kind of spyware or so source code is on there. And, uh, another friend of the show, uh, MP, uh, Raquel Dancho, she had, 
a couple of comments, I believe in the House of Commons somewhere else. I don't know. Sorry, House of Commons. In the parliament, she mentioned the fact that the source code is unchecked. There's no way people can actually vet this. And there's still a lot of questions about it. And I, I can definitely understand. Luckily, my mom, you know, understands it a bit and was able to get the app and upload stuff. But could you imagine, like, my grandmother, she's scared to leave the country anyway. You know, she's traveled around, you know, her whole life. But once you're retired and you're on your own or one other person mm-hmm. you try to go to an airport and make connections i mean it's daunting enough yeah and then she has to get a smartphone which she doesn't have to get this app she doesn't have. i mean it's i i i still don't understand what is happening if there are bots if there are guys in bangladesh who are liking the arrive can app for the for the government i mean this is just the scandal number 87 for the trudeau government yeah and nothing's happening they're they're talking about all the whatever gun stuff that happened uh, for one of the shootings, but does anything is there any accountability? Doesn't this is why you don't want majority parliaments, folks. It doesn't <laughs> it doesn't feel like it. I mean, it just feels. To be honest, the the Liberal Party feels it feels very much like the other side of the Trump coin. I mean, obviously their policies are different, um, but. There's it. There are just issue after issue, scandal after scandal, faux pas after faux pas. Whether we're talking sexual assault in the military, um, SNC ethics investigations, all sorts of weird. Like I mean, just the other day, the St. Catharines Liberal MP inferred that uh inferred that the research chair on communications the canadian research chair on communications was an anti-semite um and i'm fairly certain he's like the child of holocaust survivors and it's just like you see all of this crazy behavior and scandals and faux pas and um it doesn't feel like there's been accountability there certainly wasn't in the last election they have uh, they just re-cemented their minority um, position, and now they're being propped up by the NDP. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I think that um, whenever the next election is, I don't see them winning um, unless there's some sort of disaster on the other side um, that we cannot foresee or forecast. Um, just because, I mean. I would say that without the scandals and the faux pas, because people just get tired of, of the government of the day. Um, that's what happened to, to Harper. Um, and, and so there's like a expiry date on, on Canadians interest in having one party govern it for, um, over a decade. Um, so I, I think there will be some accountability, but there certainly isn't now. I mean, it was just a laundry list of, yeah, like just a laundry list of. Like, let's. I would campaign on the slogan "Make government boring again." <laughs> that would be my goal. Make it boring. No more of like the these crazy scandals and ethics investigations and saying like I mean the other day the other day uh, Freeland was was harassed by a, a gentleman in Alberta. It's a pretty ugly video. Um, I, I don't know why someone would upload that of themselves harassing a politician in public. Like I dislike a lot of 
politicians, but I've never disliked anyone enough to like make for the likes, bro. To for make the likes it my identity. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> to make to make it my my identity. Um and then Trudeau said something like, Oh, well, we know Canadians are frustrated. There's a lot of anxiety about climate change. And it's like, well, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say the 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 loser harassing Christia Freeland was not harassing her because he has climate anxiety. <laughs> uh yeah well i you know what maybe the people who were giving all of the thumbs up and the good reviews to uh arrive can um had their computers hooked up to the wi-fi at mar-a-lago yeah uh that was the big thing in the u.s still ongoing uh i know david we had disagreed about whether there was any there there i don't know if you've read some of the stories if your opinion has changed it all seems still a bit targety. Um, there's all kinds of stories you can read, and there's uh, all the speculation that Trump was selling things to the Saudis and all of this. And yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Just yet. I don't know about any of that. I mean, I, I, at least at this point, I think it's pretty clear that he violated some rules. Um, whether or not. Oh, Lord. Whether or not there's anything. <laughs> Let's call the FBI. Let's talk about the Espionage Act. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and it, it all comes down to classification of documents, whether they're top secret or yeah. not, and how it's handled or whatever. Um, I think it's kind of a gift to Trump if there are if there's a raid on his premises. Just how does that look for his people, right? I mean, that will shake him up. I don't know. I'm tired of um, tired of the big T because uh, there's a lot of ideas and things that we're passionate about that we care about. Uh, particularly for consumer choice, and yeah, they weren't necessarily satisfied by the big T. No. So I, if we can get a little bit of change in there, maybe we get the big D in there um, from Florida. Ronnie. Um, switch, <laughs> if we could do that. Uh, he's he's kind of going through his own little attack cycle. Um, he'll probably make a lot of mistakes that will make him very unpalatable to a lot of people, yeah. which is unfortunate. Yeah, he because uh, he's he, got a solid reputation to go on, but yeah, it's only from he can only far he can only fall so far. Well, yeah, compared to Biden. It, well, <laughs> I, I mean, I think the Republicans are in a good spot, so long as it's not Trump that they they put up. But I, I mean, just like I, my American friends, both left and right, just move on, just let him go out to pasture and like not be involved anymore i mean that's also on him because he keeps flirting with with running again um i don't know have there been any presidents who've were president lost and then came back i don't know um certainly not rutherford b hayes okay uh that would and uh actually uh good old um tr teddy roosevelt attempted to do the same and uh brought us woodrow wilson Mm. So thanks for that, buddy. Yeah, uh, uh, he he started his own bull moose party there back in uh, whatever it was, nineteen twelve, nineteen sixteen, um, and you know that's when third parties or something you could actually do. Yeah, you can't really do that nowadays, no. and you surely can't do it with the crop of third parties that we have. I actually saw a thing, David, because I was uh, attempting to uh, renew my license, uh, which is very hard to do from abroad, and uh, likely will necessitate me flying into one random state at some point. Uh, you you can also register to to be a Green Party member, oh. but they lost their party status. This is what like I think it's the North Carolina site was telling me the DMV. 
you can apply, but you're not officially a member because they're not really recognized as a party because they didn't get enough votes. <laughs> so oh. there's that. That seems very, that, that. as a Canadian, it seems so strange to have your government, like to register for your political party membership when you get government documents. I totally agree. And, uh, you know, the Canadian or the British system or, you know, kind of anyone can become a member is uh, probably a better idea. But then again, are the parties that important? You know, do we do we still really need them if there's so much that's happening, you know, on the back end? Yeah. And there's all this, you know, the the, the dark uh, filled rooms with uh, cigar smoke you know, where things are going on. Uh, you know, that's how it goes. But, uh, you know, we're trying to cover that for you guys. You've been listening to Consumer Choice Radio. David, it's great to have you back, Daddy-O. And um, let's do this again next week. And uh, we'll probably have plenty more stories and articles to pitch. Until next week.